2: Miss something from the Todd Feinberg show? Listen to the podcast on
3: wtic.com/podcast.
2: Oh, it's wtic. We're talking about Donald Trump and the politics of the moment and where we go next and Maybe maybe it's not properly characterized as a conversation about Donald Trump, but more about Ron DeSantis and the others. The future of the Republican Party, perhaps, as opposed to the past. That might be a way to look at it. Ron in Southington. Hey, Ron.
1: Hey, Todd. How you doing? Uh, I'm calling about uh, the current subject. In yes. In response, response to all the guys uh, calling about Trump ruining the uh, Republicans' chances. Mm-hmm. I don't believe Stefanowski was a Trump guy, was he?
2: No, he wasn't part of that conversation.
1: No, he got got trounced. And as far as DeSantis goes, Trump didn't hurt him one single bit. I believe he won by 30 points.
2: Well, yes, that's the power of DeSantis, I think. Or perhaps the power of Trump as well in Florida. There's no way to really separate them out. But if we look at the races where... Republicans had good chances to win and came close. Those races are ones that were lost by Trump candidates. and
1: There was some of that, I agree. But I think if we're going to go anywhere, we got to have everybody on board, rowing in the same direction.
2: Exactly, you know, we
1: yes. We can't just get rid of Trump because things didn't go well in one election. I mean, he did a lot of good for a lot of candidates yesterday, I think.
2: Like who? Who are you thinking about?
1: Well, uh, the Arizona governor's race, I believe Carrie Lake's going to win that.
2: You do? Did the numbers change?
1: I think it's – I don't know if they've called it yet or – I haven't looked recently, but I think she's going to win. And they're going to take back the House, and they still may take the Senate. Now, it wasn't what we all hoped for, but it's not nothing.
2: Well, it's – uh it's not nothing, but it's not anywhere what you normally get for midterms. but to be fair, it's a complicated midterm because there was the issue with the Supreme Court ruling on roe and and that threw things into a tizzy. So it's a complicated cycle. but I think we can clearly look at those seats, those Senate seats, and say those things you could look at two or three or four and say those things would have been easily won by comparison with candy who didn't have the drag of Trump because all they do now is just label you as Trump and then you got trouble. It's the Todd Feinberg show live from the NJ diet studios on WTIC news.
4: Talk 1080.
2: Good afternoon. Yes. uh, Ron was correct about Arizona. It has changed since I looked at it last. Carrie Lake is within two-thirds of a percentage point of Katie Hobbs in the governor's race there with uh, only about uh, 66 percent of the vote in, I believe. So, um, yes. So he was right. That one is still happening. That's exciting that it's still happening, too. Uh, Let's go to Mark West Hartford. Hello, Mark. So, Todd, if. Bob Stefanowski
5: is unelectable. What's Ned Lamont?
2: Electable. The
5: guy can't, <laughs> and how is that?
2: I God he knows. A,
5: he can't put a sentence together without his brain fumbling over his tongue. So when I hear that, I go, how could anybody possibly just keep repeating that over and over that, you know, Bob was, Bob had a great message. Here's how he lost. Okay. Bob didn't just have Ned Lamont as his opponent. He had the entire – well, outside of a few people who, who try to present people honestly and, and candidates honestly, the majority of Connecticut's media was also his opponent. I mean, forget this DiNardo lady. What was her strategy, just showing up? My big toe could, could take that title, the Demi- the real demic. Democrat yeah, go back person. to
2: your point on the media so isn't it so isn't it a given again? though the challenge of again? the challenge of any republican candidate is the same that you have to overcome those structural biases that you know the rigged system against you the system is rigged against republican candidates so you can't lose and say oh well i lost because you know the, the media was writing bad stories about me or ignoring me that's what the media does you have to find a way to overcome that
5: so last night I called. I, I, I know you weren't listening, but, you know, I said, now's the time from here on in. Call them out. I'm the guy. I'll always do it. I, I very rarely hear anybody else do it. But you know what? You've got to call them out. Think You're talking about, about the,
2: the media.
5: Think about the list of people we got. Dennis House and Susan Rath. You've got Kevin Rennie in the paper. John Craven. Tom Tug- Dudchick. I love Tom Dudchick is with WTNH. And I always love telling people to look up his website. There's Lamont at a round table in the middle laughing like he's at a cocktail party. In the middle of a pandemic, he showed up in there. And he should not, anybody in the media should have a field day with Ned Lamont. All those decisions he made. People moving out, people dying. Well, I, I
2: like your point that, that if we remind them all the time, if every time they turn on the radio they're hearing themselves getting called out, they might get a little self-conscious about how in the bag they might be for, for Ned or how structurally biased against Republicans they might be. That's a good idea. But I can't, I, I don't know, I'm still too injured by, uh, by how frustrating this is. That to to actually t- talk about the governor's race. I mean, I don't know what to I say. Know, about I know I get
5: it, but you know what? I made a commitment, and George Polly going to help me out. And believe me, I, I mean, I hope you, I hope you can think I'm not just full of it when I say it. I'm going to start showing up at these pressers, and I'm not going to ask the Polly. I'm not going gonna, gonna, to. I'll bother Ned Lamont, but guess who I'm going to hassle? All those reporters, because when they ask Ned a stupid question, mm-hmm. I'm going to have my camera out. And I'm going to say, why would you ask that? What does that have to do with anything? And I'm going to call out these reporters, and I know somebody like you and Tom will probably love the audio.
2: Oh, I can't wait till you send that sound over.
5: Oh, and I can't wait to have George send the images (laughs) or somebody else. I'm going to do it. Trust me.
2: I believe you. You've done it before. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you. I love that. You know, so one of the things we do need is strategies for moving forward. Like, what do you do next after after um, something as ridiculous as Ned Lamont getting reelected? I mean, he's got to be the worst political figure and the worst governor there's ever been. And the most disingenuous. Like, he doesn't even want to be a good governor. He just wants to be the governor. That's what he cares about. He doesn't govern anything. Uh, but to be fair, I don't know if anything is governed anymore. All they do is steal the money and redirect it to people who will support them. And it's an entire rigged system that leaves us behind. And we've got to find a way to stop it. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Pete's calling from East Haven. Hey, Pete. How's
6: it going? It's hey, up? last guy, man, is, is a blessing.
2: Oh, and Mark I, is beautiful.
6: I, I gotta say, you know, I, I'm going to tell my children... As they grow up, personally, I think the the country's gone. I really do. I I think they're stolen elections. I'm not sure if Connecticut was. I think Connecticut has a lot of brainwashed, foolish people. And and I'll tell you some examples how. You had a governor who knowingly put in old folks into the old folks' homes who had COVID. Yes. I'm I'm just some nitwit from East Haven. If I got a cold, if I got the flu, if I got COVID, I don't go near my grandmother. So I knew that. I knew that was a bad thing to do when they were Mm -hmm. doing it. They didn't test for weeks after they were told by the health officials to start testing everybody that was going out of there. I'm a guy who talks to a lot of people. I knew that was going on. A lot of people just didn't know. And then they said, "Oh, they were trying to protect the old folks. they were to protect." Well, they treated prisoners better than they treated old folks. They took prisoners out of prison and let them into the streets. Meanwhile, meanwhile, they had that whole anti-police bill that came out. Yeah. Okay,
2: but you're doing the election arguments. The election's over. It didn't work.
6: It didn't work, but, but but how could it, if, if like you just said, if Ned Lamont won, how can anybody win that's going to be a Republican? How could, you could, I could have put up anybody as a Republican. They wouldn't have beat Ned Lamont because you have brainwashed people. You have people like the guy who called you up yesterday and said he's going to go vote because he wanted to vote for women's rights, which... I'm pretty sure women have all the same rights as everybody else, except they have. Well, that's
2: uh, you know that's code for that Supreme Court ruling. So oh, that, I know exactly that's what it is. Po- so that's powerful stuff for some people. But oh, but I think the uh, I think the point is that candidates. Well, there needs to be more preparation, more support, more of a Republican Party, and it was a lot better this time but, I think than it was there, four years ago. There uh, but needs it. To ne- be
6: no, there needs to be guys like the guy that just called up. You need to get into these people's faces. You need to start yelling and screaming and telling them where to go. When you see these people talking like idiots and they say they don't want to talk politics, you say, well, then stop voting like an idiot. This country <laughs> and this state is going to crap. Yeah, We have high taxes. We have inflation. We have everything. There's nothing good. Name me one thing a Democrat has done well in the last two years.
2: Well, Joe Biden has ruined virtually everything he's touched. Well,
6: I'm talking about how about Ned as well. Ned didn't Ned didn't help our budget out. He got six. What what did he get? Six billion from from the federal government. Which is no. Ned
2: Ned accomplished nothing with regard to. So
6: how could they win? Uh,
2: Well, because Ned is an incumbent. Incumbents have a built in advantage. He has unlimited amounts of money. Nobody has unlimited amounts of money. He he is a nice guy. He plays a nice guy really well on TV. And well, that's apparently all people want?
6: Yeah, but this isn't like uh, with Chuck Woolery in The Love Connection. This is what we're supposed to be having so many run our country. Supposed you know to be that. is
2: different you than the that. reality.
6: Can you think of a bigger disaster as a politician that the Democrats have right now with everything that they've done? Can you think of a worst, uh, any politician, any party that has been this much of an issue with just about every issue? How, who, how how bad it is right now, and they still got all reelected, just about all of them. It,
2: you know, you look at Blumenthal. Blumenthal is disgraceful. He makes He's a like he he makes a parody of of uh, the notion of of being a United States senator.
6: I'll be honest. I don't think any of these people have been getting, been getting elected for a long time. I really, I people can't be this stupid.
2: Well, I, I that's a whole nother conversation. Which next time you call, maybe we can address that, Pete
6: i'll call you next time
2: then <laughs> yeah please because there's a lot to talk about there Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. a ton to talk about there who was that who just hung up i was going to you uh let's talk to tim in simsbury hi tim All right
7: you know i'm not surprised by the results disappointed but i'm not surprised mm-hmm. i called your program many times back in uh, May, June, July, and August, and said, where's Stefanowski, uh, Levy? I didn't even know who the hell was running for the Senate against Blumenthal. You know, my coworkers and everything, they were like anti-Blumenthal and uh, Lamont and everything, but they're saying, where the hell is the other guys that we have choice with? And you kept saying, after Labor Day, after Labor Day, things heat up, heat, they heat up. And they it did heat up. No, it did heat
2: up. <laughs>
6: No, Bob Stefanowski ran a totally different. Up.
7: That's not that's not heat up. That's catch up.
2: Well, if you haven't been hot, and no, then come, you, st-
7: you know, come on, you know, I mean, I, don't, I think you did your candidates for your the party that you wanted to win more harm than the actual public that think well vote for them.
2: Well, I think what I told you was true that uh, Bob no, no, ran. You told... I'm going to put you on hold so you can listen to me for a second. Bob ran an entirely different campaign after Labor Day. It was intense. It was aggressive. He ran uh, tons of commercials that were directly attacking Ned. He attacked Ned in regular press conferences, sometimes every day that the press was coming to and was kind of covering. He was running a very, very different campaign. So you're just not accurate about that. He did what I said he was going to do. Leora Levy, I was wrong about. I thought she was going to also run an intense campaign the, the rap on her was that she was very wealthy and was going to put a ton of her own money in. As far as I can tell, she didn't spend much, which is her prerogative. But uh, that, that's why I think, it, it, you know, you just have to, if you're going to beat Blumenthal, who had millions of dollars in the, in the bank and 37 years of, of, of jumping in front of each, other people's press conference cameras to steal the scene, you know, he's a well-known thing. And you, what you need the money for is name recognition. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Where am I, RJ? Hi. What's up, RJ?
8: Hey, Todd. I told you I was on fire. I I've called three days in a row.
2: It's a miracle what you do.
8: Well, you know, I. Well, love it's me. from
2: space. Who else calls from space?
8: Well, listen. I live in space, but I came down last night to vote. Yeah. And went back up in my rocket ship, and I started to look at the red wave. And it didn't happen. As a matter of fact, Connecticut was all blue. And because I hold dual residency, I was disappointed. All right? And I'm disappointed today. I mean, you know, I got a chance to talk to uh, Bob Stefanowski the other day. And I probably uh, should not have called him Governor Stefanowski, but i got to say something, all right? These people in Connecticut, they have blinders on. Which
2: people are you talking about, the voters?
8: The voters. How much do you want to pay for gas? How much do you want to pay for oil? It's ridiculous, all right? Uh, These people just continue to vote with their... Blind cut their sheep. You know, in other words, like, oh, I was born a Democrat. Well, so was I. But guess what? You want to pay more money? Then vote who you want to vote for. It's ridiculous.
2: It is ridiculous. Yes.
8: I got to say something, Todd. Mm -hmm. Okay. I never liked Donald Trump as a person. I had a friend who was a stouch Democrat and he loved his books, the art of the deal Mm -hmm. and so forth. And when all of a sudden he became president, he was like, Oh no, we don't, I don't like him anymore. Well, guess what? This guy knew how to make money. And when he came into our government, he did things right. He changed just like a business and, you cannot argue with me. Government is a business, okay? So we we uh, changed NAFTA, we changed our deals with China, we changed everything. Nobody had to like this man, and yes, he was uh, Kraus, and Krass, he was yes. Uh, yes, okay. So he was abrasive, but guess what? I made more money under that guy as a contractor, and more people made more money, and we got more tax relief. And all of a sudden, now because the Democrats won more seats, um, oh, we have to distance ourselves from uh, Donald Trump.
2: Well, not just because uh, of that, but I think that proves the point that the, that he's self-destructive to uh, the the needs of what we want to accomplish at least what i want to accomplish i want i want to get us back to constitutional government i want to get us back to having the principles that america is built on be represented they have just destroyed this country from the inside out they have destroyed it structurally and we need to rebuild those structures donald trump is talking about the last election i don't think we fix things by focusing on that I'm not well, I'm turning gonna... my back on anybody. I don't owe anybody anything. I listen to the arguments. Best arguments, best candidate, best most likely guy to win and follow the things I want. That's who, I, who has my support.
8: Well, I'm going to say this right now, okay? Uh, now, DeSantis, he's the man.
2: Well, that's the point. He's the guy of the moment. So we're in agreement. Yeah. Thank you for that, R.J., I got to run. But I'm glad you ended on that note by by agreeing, because there is a guy who's got the assets of Trump without the liabilities. Agree or disagree. 86052298-42. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. 2 We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new
0: iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here! Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs>
3: Miss something from the Todd Feinberg show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast.
2: Yeah, this is... Uh, it's tough to stand in, in front of people's love affairs. and A lot of people have kind of love affair relationships with Trump. But Trump isn't my focus. I, I want to turn America back into America. And with the with the left working hard to replicate the Soviet model, or I don't know the Castro model in Cuba, maybe that's what they're doing to us. You can't keep growing the government and and still have the American system. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two, David Brantford. Hey, Dave.
9: Yeah, Todd. I was thinking about not calling today because it's very depressing. You know, you
2: it is depressing. But you're you know a what? spirited guy, so you can lift us out of it.
9: Well, I was going to say, the Republicans, we always eat our young. The unsuccessful, the loser candidates. And just to remind us, there's uh, Maverick, John McCain and Mitt Romney. Really, they were centrist uh, get-together candidates, but we hate them now because they were too soft. They were too much in the middle. And the last three, gubernatorial, uh, Foley, McMahon, and now Stepanowski, all we do is list everything they didn't do right. They didn't have, like Stefanowski, He didn't actually make very many mistakes, if any, that I could say. But all the callers—they've got a long list of things he should have done. But I and so uh, and even George Bush, you know, George the younger—he's—he's he's not popular. I don't think any, uh, hardly any of your callers would even accept him as a candidate anymore.
2: No, that's true.
9: And that—that's what we treat. Our, you know, we are—we demand the perfect. And and the, so subject number two is I think Connecticut is in desperate danger of going into the black hole of mm-hmm. a one party status. Uh, and I want to give you an example, and uh, you can't get out of that. And I think we need law and rule changes to get out of it. I'll suggest one. My town has a charter that there's always minority representation. Yes, we have three. We have three selectmen, and you do your voting. You can only vote for two. So by definition, one of the selectmen is always from another party and so they're out there they're talking people get to see them they're not considered amateurs or where did you get that one from yep. and my RTM is the same thing I can vote for any four in my district but actually five of them make the cut and they're sitting on the RTM so there's always a backbencher who's coming up the speed and so the example is in the city of New Haven there is no rule like that they have no Republicans at all in literally zero that are in elected office for their board of alders so there's always amateurs and nobodies, and uh, it, it is hard for anyone to win election when you've got a nine-to-one plurality in the big cities. Here's an example. 1990- um, I'm sorry,
2: I've got to hold you there, Dave, but you I'll made it. I'll leave
9: a- it at that. Thanks for the time, sir. Bye. Thank
2: you so much. Good to talk with you. Eight six zero five two wtic Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ
3: Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
2: Wondering where my Joe Markley is. I need my Joe Markley, and there he is. It's I'm Joe Markley. What's I'm happening, Joe?
4: <laughs> I'm here even when I'm discouraged, Todd.
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, there is a little hope in the 5th district, right?
4: There is. That is the hope, and that has been my greatest hope all along. I've been pessimistic about the statewide ticket, but I thought, I always felt that George Logan had a great shot. And clearly he did, and maybe he still does. And it is a night and day difference for Connecticut Republicans. If we can get George Logan in, we've got an enormous foothold. Mm-hmm. If we don't, we're really nowhere because we picked up nothing in the state legislative races. And uh, nothing, nothing. I, I, in fact, I, I'm as, as it looks to me like we're probably stayed dead even in the uh, general in the House, and possibly lost the seat in the Senate. Um, you know. We've had uh, good Republican performance at the top of the ticket, uh, especially in gubernatorial years. This is the first time we've really taken a uh, beating uh, at the top of the ticket in a gubernatorial election since 1986. We've either won them or they've been close races. This time there were serious headwinds for Republican candidates, and we lost some great people. I, I, I think especially of our friend Kim Fiorello. Um, that really broke my heart because she's a—, she's a Shining star in the in the General Assembly, and has a great future.
2: Yeah, she's hope, a well, she's a tiger too.
4: Yes, yes, exactly. And she that was a close election too. But um, George Logan is a wonderful candidate. You know, this is one lesson out of this is we need to have strong candidates, candidates that are appealing to people, um, that people make a connection with, that uh, get out and meet the voters. He's a tremendous campaigner and um if he gets this toehold i think he can be the force to transform the state party and if he doesn't i have to say i know he's been through a lot of tough races and he might be uh, a little tired out right now but i hope he Yeah but talk away.
2: about Joe talk about yeah. George Logan if he does win and there you have this new hope of a higher level elected republican how does that manifest itself in altering perhaps, the trajectory of Republican, other Republican candidates?
4: Well, I think if George wins, he's effectively the party leader. And um, George understands politics. He can attract people. And he'd have the chance to start retooling the Connecticut Republican Party and taking us in a different direction. Um, I think that, uh, and I think if he wins and can hold that seat, he'd be a very strong candidate for governor in four years. Uh, I always thought George could be a, a a great statewide candidate as people get to know him. And the fact that he did so well in this tough fifth, fifth district race mm-hmm. in what proved to be a tough year and against a very likable opponent. I mean, she might not be a a, a great campaigner, but she's somebody that has a certain amount of charisma herself. Uh, he did a very good job to um, win or lose. He did a very, very good job. And I, it, the rest of the ticket really was a disappointment. I was very, I was very, uh, heartbroken to see that mike mike france fell so far short yes. I had great hopes for mike um good candidate in a district that republicans ought to be able to compete in
2: so what um, do you think the issue is there
4: you know i don't know and it's it's a little surprising because we've been doing so much better in eastern connecticut um but that's a eastern connecticut is a big piece of territory i haven't had the chance to look at the individual towns i imagine mm-hmm. That it was a bad race in the southern end of the district, and that may have swamped whatever gains he was making in the smaller towns.
2: Yeah, but that's uh, just another way of saying it's a normal campaign, right?
4: Well, that's right, but it may be a little worse. We, you know, we had, for instance, we had um, uh, Paul Formica's seat. Um, we've lost that and lost it rather badly, and all those things. A weaker ticket hurts everyone up and down the up and down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's funny. I, I feel like a mistake that Republicans make and your callers, uh, your conversation about Donald Trump, um, feeds into this is wanting to fight the last war over again. Um, we got to move on to the next battle. And I, I think that possibly not to jump on the Stefanowski campaign. Your last caller's point is well taken. It's, it's rather harsh to be, uh, performing the autopsy, uh, when the body's still warm, but there was a lot of effort in the cities. And it actually paid off to some extent in the cities. The, the returns in, in in Hartford, New Haven, and Bridgeport, in all three places, um, Stefanowski did um, notably better, but much worse in the suburbs, losing towns like Wallingford, losing Subbington um, and and losing badly in New Canaan and Greenwich. These are these are towns that we carried easily last time around.
2: And um, are you thinking that's maybe uh, a uh, an abortion effect?
4: I don't know if it's that so much as where the resources were, were put. There's only so much progress we can make in any one cycle in those cities. That's a long-term project. It's a project we have to tackle. So but you're thinking just, maybe they
2: overinvested in the cities?
4: Possibly. When you, when you see what happened in, in the suburbs, I, I, I look at Wallingford or Southington and think, how did we lose those votes in those towns mm-hmm. that we had in the past? And, and in a lot of ways, for Republicans, we get obsessed about the margins in the cities. But the but the races are actually won and lost for us in the suburbs. Yes, and but that's...
2: isn't it? It doesn't make sense to I don't I don't know anything about how much how they divvied up the resources. But but we've been hearing for a long time that Republicans have to get into the cities, and callers repeat this on a regular basis. You've got to go into the cities, and there are there's got to be low hanging fruit there just because Republicans never go ask for votes.
4: Yes, and I and I think that I think Bob got some of that low hanging fruit, but the the way to build the party in the cities is from the ground up. We can't be doing it from the top of the ticket. We've got to get those local organizations um, animated and on their feet. Mm-hmm. I think they've they they made a good effort in New Haven um, in running candidates and getting candidates funded. They ran a lot of candidates in Bridgeport that probably helped the whole ticket, and that's that should be a priority of the party going forward. And it would be something that George Logan. Would be especially uh, adept at um, as a as a statewide leader because if he if he does get the congressional seat, Todd, he becomes a statewide figure for the Republican Party, one we have to build sure. around.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I, so that we what have you have you been looking at those numbers on the fifth congressional district race, the Johanna Hat?
4: well I look at the numbers that I see but I don't know what I'm really looking at anymore and and it's been so confusing because it it, simultaneously sometimes you would look one place and see Logan ahead and somewhere else yes Hayes ahead.
2: depending on which website you go to or whatever
4: and it's very it's also discouraging to hear that you know they they apparently found some votes in in New Britain and in Waterbury
2: I don't Um, believe that that never happens
4: we've got to get out of a electoral system where votes can be found uh that's what is uh eroding people's confidence in the process when someone in a close election suddenly says oh gee we failed to count yeah there's this cows. pile
2: here underneath the uh trash barrel we found it
4: yeah it could be completely legitimate but it smells and yeah. uh and it's 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 the result of it has been a breakdown in our confidence in 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 the results of these elections
2: we're talking to joe markley what's your feeling joe about what happened nationally there was this uh, you know the back and forth and late summer early fall democrats were still all hyped up that they had the momentum on their side and then it shifted and we went into the election a couple days ago with with the, the national media and polls indicating that while republicans weren't running away with seats they were running away based on the repetitive leads that their candidates were having. They were going to run away with Congress and, and win the Senate and and uh, really pick up a ton of seats like a wave election should be, and then it's not there in the ballots. What happened?
4: Well, again, the quality of the candidates is extremely important, and that's where I think Trump putting his finger on the scale in favor of some weak candidates. In, in Pennsylvania, both the gubernatorial candidate and the U.S. Senate candidate yeah. Um were flawed candidates. And I think those are two races we would have probably would have won the the Senate race outright with a with a with a more tested candidate, a guy who'd been through the process a Well, before. I
2: i think even if the even if it had just been Dr. Oz, but he didn't have the drag of a terrible candidate on the gubernatorial side, he still could have won.
4: Yes, it would have helped tremendously. It did in Arizona, where um I I think that uh Carrie Wake may pull it out. I I don't think blake masters has much of a shot at this point no but again standard republican uh... candidates and they were in the primaries we had some very good candidates in the primaries in arizona who lost basically because trump got involved and trump unfortunately uh, i don't doubt that he loves the country but he's got to get his ego out of the way and not make everything into a referendum on do you believe in me or not yeah, well, he's not capable being, of
2: that, right? We've seen yeah. enough of him in these situations, and it always goes back to his ego and his need to prove his prowess.
4: And the great leaders of our country, the people that 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 made the country what it is, were willing to put themselves second, from from Washington through Lincoln on down. And um, I yes, I don't think Trump's going to change at this point. I agree with you very much. We've got a, a great chance chance now with DeSantis who turned Florida back to being a a solidly red state, picked up congressional seats. How does that happen, by
2: the way? How how does a a state go from being a Democratic leaning and and having moved that way in recent years
4: to being a red state again? Well, I think part of it is to have a a clear and coherent um, policy position that people can buy into. I think they got DeSantis as governor, and DeSantis did... What he said he was going to do, he governed as a conservative Republican. It's worked out for the state. It's made a point to people. I, I keep saying this about about Subbington, where mm-hmm. Rob Sampson again uh, held the seat easily. Yep. Um, Southington isn't that conservative a town, but they voted for Republicans who they knew were going to follow through on Republican principles. And I think I still think that's the key for uh, success. I, and I never felt that Bob was quite clear about where he was. Was he a moderate? Was he a conservative? Um he was he was a change, but a change to what was not was not perhaps clearly
2: but you're also making an us. interesting point about that DeSantis had the right uh, the, the right agenda items, but he also knew how to magnify those issues to put the other side on the defensive.
4: Yes, and he did it i he's combative, he's a fighter. But he hasn't attracted the level of of personal um, because he handles personal. himself with a level of grace. Yes. And and we need we, we that. You have to do that in politics. Just like you, you say, it's great to have a fighter, but you've got to fight within the rules of the game that you're playing, whatever it is. It's in sports or anything yes, else. Yes, You
2: have to do it politely,
4: at least in a way that doesn't. It doesn't so animate the other side yes um i always tried to do that i wanted I, I, I wasn't trying to win over the people that were opposed to me but i was hoping to keep their hate level down yeah by at least see at least sounding like a reasonable person and being open to their to conversation with them um and i you know i think this again this is trump likes to own the other side and it, it might give people a kind of a visceral thrill but it isn't the way that you win elections and it isn't the way that you save the country
2: Yes. All right. I like how you frame that, because those those uh, those two dynamics animated. You've got to be able to animate your voters without equally animating the other side. Otherwise, you just have these elections where everyone's going crazy.
4: Yes. And we and we've got to get out of this cycle of feeling like every election is, is is the end of the world if the other side gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's happened in other countries where democracy has, has failed, ultimately, because they can't. the country is more or less evenly divided, and it starts veering back and forth with, with tremendous bad feelings. Uh, what did in the Weimar Republic, what did in the Spanish Republic back in the 30s, and I feel like that's the kind of politics we're getting in America for the first time, in my experience, I think really the first time since the Civil War, that we had that kind of feeling about elections, and it shouldn't be. And It's radicalizing both parties in a way.
2: It is, yes.
4: I, I don't mind the Republican Party being a good, solid conservative party, but it should be an American party, uh, a party that, that stands for our principles, not a party that's just about bashing the other side.